for me, engagement is all about connection. Do you know what I mean? Like we t- we talk about students being engaged or disengaged. Well, the reality is that is it's about connection. Are they connected to what they're doing, or are they not connected to what they're doing because it's not interested? Because whatever barrier is there, um, were they connected to what they were doing? Absolutely, because they owned it, and that's for me that's the beauty of inquiry learning is that the students are at the driving seat, and that's why design thinking marries so well with inquiry learning. Listening to the NZ PE Teacher Cast, a podcast sharing some of the inspirational stories from amazing teachers and educators within New Zealand and around the world. Today's episode is sponsored by Learning with Games. Engage your students in the classroom with high quality game based and gamification resources. With supporting video and downloadable templates, Learning with Games makes it easy for you to implement game based learning. Check it out now at www.learningwith.games. Kia ora everyone and welcome back to the NZPE TeacherCast for episode 28. Today we get to hear from Jimena Aiken who was a teacher at Island Bay Primary. Now if you're a Kiwi on Twitter you would have definitely crossed paths with her at some point and she's very active on that platform. In fact, at last look she's about to hit 7,000 total tweets which is a very impressive number. We're going to cover a few topics on this episode but we'll focus mainly on the design thinking process which I'm quite excited about. So Jimena, welcome to the podcast. Okay, Kyle. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I love uh, design just, thinking, so I'll talk about it anytime. Awesome. Uh, just before we get started, um, it, in, in typical Wellington fashion, it is very windy. Um, very so windy. Our, our listeners might hear a few bangs and aeroplanes and and things blowing by. So apologies for that. But can you tell us a little bit about your teaching background and experience, and a few tidbits about your school and the students you teach? Sure. Uh, so I've been teaching for 12 years, uh, mainly senior end of the school. Um, I've been in the sort of primary years for the last two years. This is my second year, teaching year twos. Um, and I kind of am um, really enjoying the way education's changing. I did the postgrad um, course with MindLab last year, which is where I got introduced to design thinking, and um, I did a research paper on it as well. So that's where I literally fell in love with it, and I thought, oh, this is so fantastic. Um, so yeah, that's my brief history. You So 12 years ago, I think that's about the same time that I started teaching. What, what do you think are the biggest changes since then? Um, probably technology obviously digital um, capability uh, in schools um, also I think with that has come about the connection between educators and what's happening in a global scale and that we've been able to sort of reframe our, our how we see education not just in a local level where we were quite um, you know kind of started teaching before the new curriculum came in um, and now there's like it it slowly started to get bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, I remember going to ULEARN in 2006 uh, in Christchurch and being exposed to uh, gamification and a whole heap of other ideas that at the time I thought, really? 
this is part of education, but now I kind of see, wow, absolutely, it can be. So I think that sort of connection uh, internationally has been uh, really interesting. Um, you know, for us in the primary um, school years, now with national standards, that kind of really changed uh, the focus of what we were focused on um, after the new curriculum came in. and. Um, so we've spent, you know, the good part of nine, you know, eight years kind of implementing national standards and having to reframe how we we delivered teaching, and now that's going, which is quite exciting. So, yeah. I hear a lot of good things about the MindLab course. You'd, you'd definitely recommend it? Absolutely. Hands down. That's how I got introduced to Twitter. What can I say? <laughs> it changed. Hang on. Hang on. Didn't, uh, you, did you, didn't you, you just said you did it last year? I did it last year. I have only been on Twitter since April 2016, and it's completely revolutionised my access to pedagogical ideas, uh, access to contacts. Um, you know, I collaborate internationally with other teachers. Um, it's it's been amazing, and yeah, I am a big Twitter fiend because it's just a wonderful way to connect to educators not just in New Zealand but all over the world yeah I just did the sums and so you're tweeting <laughs> 13 times a day which is absolutely mm. insane but I think okay. it's awesome because that's you... Twitter chats those a lot of okay, those I go on a lot of Twitter chats and um, just educational chats um, digital ed chat ed chat and Z, and there's a breakfast chat as well um, so I sort of chat yeah so that that would be why probably I've got a lot of tweets because <laughs> it'll be the it would be the Twitter chat. But that's I mean that's really good because you're engaging on the platform and you're putting yourself out there and other people can learn from you and I think it's just networking is really big and I don't think we do it enough and as Kiwis even more so we like to um, we don't like to put ourselves out there so I think that's really awesome that you're doing that sort of thing. To be honest, I don't do it to put myself out there. It's more, it's like a goldmine of ideas. Yeah, um, yeah. Twitter is like the goldmine of education. I can put a tweet out and, you know, ask a question or um, bounce ideas and I'll have, you know, 20 people reply to me, not just from New Zealand, but from all over the world. Yeah. Um, it is so super exciting, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Earlier this year, your school hosted and arranged an innovative learning conference where a large number of teachers from your school presented as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Because it sounded really choice. It was really exciting, quite nerve-wracking for everyone. Um, but um, we had different groups in our school. I mean, our um, island-based school is quite big. We've got about 24 staff, uh, so it's quite big for a primary school. And we, we had a lot of professional development happening in different areas and it was really exciting to share it because a lot of it was things that were developing like for example philosophy for children a whole school started using philosophy for children um in you know from years one to six and um so that we had a really good wealth of experts because there'd been teachers who'd been uh, using it for about three or four years and our dp's doing her phd on it as well so there was that pocket of really good uh wealth of knowledge also um quite a large group of teachers had been uh, teaching collaboratively so they were they were quite keen to share their experiences um, I shared some uh, maths number talks, which I'm really passionate about. Um, also, um, Amy, my 
uh, team teacher and I uh, shared about collaborative teaching in the junior school. Um, there was like a whole heap of variety of things that we'd been doing and um, it was just really nice to put it out there and see what other people thought or to see if they found it valuable. Yeah. How did your staff respond when the idea was, obviously at some point there was some brainstorming and some thinking that this could be something possible and it's it's a, quite a massive ask to, um, I guess not expect, but to kind of gain contribution from a, a big portion of your staff and, and commit to that presenting on that stage. was How, was it, how did the teachers respond? Well, our school's always been going on roadshows, um, our previous principal Perry Rush, uh, because we've been an inquiring uh, learning school, you know, ever since I've been there. Um, we used to go to other uh, cities or we'd go to places like Hamilton or Napier uh, and run inquiry learning uh, workshops there, sharing our expertise. We, for a number of years, we worked with Kath Murdoch from Australia. She's an amazing inquiry learning um, sort of educator who's, yes, she's incredible. And so we used to go and share our expertise as a way to fund our professional development. Uh, so uh, a lot of us were quite used to getting up and sharing anyway. So and for a few, it was new. It was, it was an opt-in thing. You didn't have to do it if you didn't want to, um, but it's. I think, I think presenting your your teaching, you know, what's and all, does it doesn't have to be perfect. It's a really good way to synthesise, um, you know, your practice. That's what I find for me. Like when I present, I really have to think about what am I doing, why am I doing it, you know, what what's working well, what's not, and share that. And so it's. You know, we find it for ourselves like a quite good professional reflection tool. Yeah. yeah, I'm big on reflection and, and I was the same. I, I got up on stage my first time in 2014, I think, and I, the preparation for that was really difficult and I had to, you had to really know your content and so it made me kind of take a step back and try to absorb all of these different things that I was doing and make sure I had my head around them because it's very easy in teaching just to go I'm going to give this a whirl and try this and see how it goes but you had to really know your content and it was such a rush afterwards I kind of fell in love with it even though I'm not a very good speaker well I've improved a little bit since then but um, from that one presentation I've had so many other opportunities to speak around the country and around the world it's it's um, I just think it's really powerful for yourself like you say to reflect on what you're doing but also to be able to share some cool things that you're doing as well. Yeah, and making connections with others. You know, people come yeah. up and say, "Oh, you know, that's really great. That's really amazing." And and or something that they've done that's really similar. So you you get to connect, uh, which is you know for me really powerful. And you know it is slightly terrifying, <laughs> but um, I think we all shared something that we were passionate and comfortable to share. Um, Amy and I shared about um, collaborative teaching, but we took the angle of um, how we structure it to sort of weather the bumps of collaborative teaching. Um, so we were like, it was really useful for us because we had to unpack, so how do we, how do we get through those difficult conversations? How do we support each other when we're all tired and grumpy? And so yeah. it, it was really valuable and we just presented at ULEARN as well. So um, yes. that, was, that was a really nice kind of warm up to ULEARN, yeah. which was much bigger. And I think people don't, often value what they do they don't see value in it but when you then 
pass that knowledge on and share that you get that um, feedback from people who go hey that's really awesome I hadn't thought about doing that and and you do that networking and you realize hey actually what I'm doing in the classroom has some merit and it, and it's just a again it's a good reflection process for you to come to that understanding that what you're doing is good and good for your students absolutely yeah so on my um, topic to-do list for the podcast is having a chat about design thinking with an educator and I know you have some experience in this concept uh, my exposure has been very limited so can you give me a quick rundown on what design thinking is to you okay so design thinking is a process it originated in um, sort of software development where um, the focus was on the end user and also I guess uh, for those in primary school they'd be familiar with the technology design process that we've used forever to design something um, you know a toy a mechanism or anything like that but the difficulty with that process was it, it was very sort of it didn't have enough flow and also it, it doesn't really connect with the end user of the, the product or whatever it is that you're trying to create. So design thinking is um, first and foremost designed to to meet the needs of a of a user, of whoever has the need for whatever it is that um, you're making for. And so it's a really easy but really uh, useful process. I, I, I'd call it simple, but not in the simple way that it's, you know, very basic. It's simple, but it can be very rich depending on how um, it gets structured. You know, for me, it, because I've been teaching through inquiry learning for, you know, a decade, it marries beautifully with inquiry learning. Um, it gives a really lovely framework to investigate ideas and to create, to find a problem and then create a solution that is um, effective. Uh, so, but it, within the design thinking process, there's stages like you know the empathy process that we'll talk a little bit more about. But uh, the defined process is really important. So that's really looking carefully about what is the issue that needs to be resolved, uh, what are the needs of my end user, um, the um, ideate stage is probably one of my favorites because it teaches um, flexible thinking which I don't think we do enough of so the ideate is where you literally brainstorm as many ideas as possible and um, you know for, for um, our guys it's probably the most enjoyable part because they just get to uh, let their imagination go wild and you literally spend a, not a huge amount of time but a, a period of time just thinking of every possible idea um, before you decide on something that you're going to uh, prototype. And, you know, it sort of reminds me of that paperclip problem that, you know, they say that, you know, if you give a paperclip to a kindergartner, they'll come up with a thousand different ways of, of using it. If you give it to an adult, they might come up with two or three. Well, the idea stage is that, is actually learning how to just step outside one idea and have as many ideas as possible. So that's a really favorite. And then the prototype and test cycles, they're more, more of a cycle because you can prototype, you prototype really lightly and then you test that prototype really quickly. 
to make any changes, uh, then you might go back and test it again and prototype again. Sometimes you might prototype, test, prototype, test, and then go back to the ideate board and go, okay, well, that didn't work at all, but, mm, but it could be that this idea might work, and then you start again. So it's really flexible. Mm. Yeah. Mm. I My one experience with the design thinking process, uh, the one thing I remember is that, that ideate step. And I remember it because as a group of adults we were sitting there and we had these post-it notes and we were trying to come up with as many ideas as possible, but we were just sitting blanks. But I think, like like you said, I think primary students would just have a field day just throwing it. And, and they, they could be completely... And they could only be related a little bit, but they're still going to be chucking out all these fantastic ideas, which is really going to help the process. But myself, I struggle with it. So um, it's cool to hear that your kids really enjoyed that part. And I think, I think even it, so that's why it's so relevant for any age group to yep. use, because a lot of the time with the old technology design process, you had an idea and the idea met the brief, like you had a brief you just came up with one idea, then the difficulty with having only one idea is that you become very invested in that idea. So when you go to prototype and test, it tends to happen that you try and change things but still hold on to that idea. Whereas if you've got a board full of about you know, 10, 20, whatever, how many ideas, then, well, if that one is no good, then you kind of feel much more comfortable to go and pick something else. Mm. Uh, so that's the real value of it. I think we really need it because a lot of revolutionary ideas tend to come out of the box. Uh, they tend to come when you think, when you do kind of 180-degree thinking, when you sort of look at it one way and then look at it with a different perspective. So I think the ideate stage is actually really important. Yeah. So when I when I think about the process, the big picture process, it's it's not something that you can just pick up and run with straight away. There obviously needs to be a little bit of um, learning and digestion um, around this process. So as an educator, why should design thinking be something I consider when I think about how much learning I'm going to have to do around it before I can implement it? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if, if there is a huge level of learning that one needs to do before you implement it. I think one needs to be really careful in terms of, um, and actually part of that, I did a, um, uh, a paper on uh, at MindLab on design thinking, so I studied it really deeply, and uh, one of the areas that I looked at was when design thinking failed, when did the implementation of design thinking failed in schools, and I didn't find that many papers on it, but um, the one did speak about the difficulty that the teachers had had in implementing design thinking is that not only had they, not only was design thinking new, but they were also implementing digital technologies at the same time. Yeah. So the uh, students were creating things using digital technology through design thinking. So for the teachers, they had two new things to cope with. They had to cope with the design thinking process plus the knowledge and capability of the digital technologies that they were not experts at. Mm -hmm. So that was the double whammy for the teachers and that's why they found it really difficult. I tend to use design thinking um, at an inquiry stage when we've already done a whole lot of learning about a particular, uh, you know, topic or a problem and then we've found a problem to go and solve. So it's not 
you know, the, the students have got some background knowledge. Um, so I, if, I, I'd say if you're going to try design thinking, try it with something that you as a teacher are comfortable with mm. so that, you know, the cognitive load is not so big for you and just bear in mind that you're not introducing too many things because, yes, the, I mean, the fact is, you know, the students have to learn the process too. But it's something that you just keep building on. Yeah. yeah. I I have a new department next year, or well, half of my department are leaving, and so I've got two new PRTs coming in, which is really exciting. But um, I actually, I'm not sure if any of them listen to the podcast, but what I've been <laughs> thinking about lately is we're going to start the year off with a lot of design thinking process and put some planning Great. in place and I, I think it's going to be I think it's going to work really well um, because we the, I like the idea of of having putting the end user at the forefront and trying to deliver something that meets their needs and not something that fits with ourselves as teachers so much but really thinking about the end user mm, yeah can, can you give us a real world example where you've incorporated aspects of design thinking uh well um for me or for the students because i use it too (laughs) okay so um so yeah so we use design thinking through the arts inquiry to to create a performance um i was just really i like to put two ideas that normally wouldn't go together together and see what happens and um i thought why not because you know, I, I know inquiry learning really well, so I felt really comfortable with that. Um, kind of, I'm only teaching level one of the arts curriculum, so that was fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and and so I thought, okay, let's let's see how design thinking. You know, I could see that it it could fit, so I just wanted to see how it would go. And we used it to plan a um, a performance item for our parents, um, a dance item or with music, but we hadn't really come up with what it was going to be at the beginning uh, we interviewed our parents this is how we did the empathy part we interviewed our parents and it was great because we got to graph the statistics of what they thought a great show should have um, and you know it was really interesting for the kids to see what they thought to begin with I mean you know if you ask a you know, six-year-olds what should be in a show and they'll go Shrek and you know <laughs> <laughs> the ideas that they had were literally just replications of some show that they'd seen once you know yeah. so or they might have seen a movie so that was their ideas and then when they interviewed their parents they you know there was lots of other things like you know music and dance and action and costumes and they were like oh okay Great. So, so that's the lovely thing about the empathy part is that it helps the designer to grow in their perspectives of what the needs might be, rather than um, you know just looking at it from our own perspective and assuming what the needs might be, uh, or assuming ideas about the problem. So um, that's 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 learning. That's you know teaching about creating meaningful connections with others communicating effectively uh yeah you know sort of making those connections which are really important skills um i've also we also used it this year to design games we had been uh, learning um about uh, doing a biology inquiry and as part of the kids sort of being able to share their learning with others they designed games 
and we use the design thinking process for that. And yeah, I use it to design games too. Yeah, that's awesome. One now, I've, I've had to think about this, and and you kind of mentioned it earlier, but I find that I, I feel that at the age of your students, that um, that empathy stage in the design process is is going to be quite difficult. It's not something you can just do out of the box. You you probably need to learn that skill. So how do you go about explicitly teaching your students how to demonstrate empathy within this process? Um, there's a whole, for me, empathy is not necessarily a skill, to be honest. I think I think a skill is something that you you can measure levels of mastery. Okay. You know, so for example, writing or playing tennis or all of those things are skills that you can develop in different levels of mass you know you can master it at different levels and they can be kind of assessed and quantified i don't know if i'd feel comfortable doing that with empathy because i think empathy is more of a disposition now within empathy though uh to show empathy you do need to uh communicate so that's a skill uh you do need to uh problem solve that's another skill Um, so I think for, for, you know, my age group at the moment, sort of six and seven year olds, it's understanding that other people have perspectives and taking those perspectives into consideration. And that is part of empathy. Um, so I wouldn't necessarily think about teaching empathy itself. It's more about focusing on the skills that empathy allows the learners to develop yeah yeah that's a that's a really good you frame that really well so focus on those real skills like the communication and the problem solving and out of that I guess the their ability to empathize get stronger or better or yeah I, I think mean, they're exposed d- to it I think they're exposed to yeah. it they start to see things from other perspectives which is a really important part of empathy is being able to understand someone else's feelings or points of view um, and you do that through communicating you do that through collaborating you do that through problem solving um, and, or creating for someone else um, yeah so this, see this is this is one of the a great example of why when I started the podcast it was just focused around PE teachers and and sharing their stories but since I've opened it up it's fantastic because already and now we've been talking for about 26 minutes I've learned so much and that's really awesome so exposure to all of these different learning areas and learning levels of learning is 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 really powerful so thank you for that thanks you share your unit plan for design thinking approach on your blog and I loved the learning that was planned in the prototype and the testing stage. There was a lot of authentic learning going going on. So did you notice greater engagement from your students after moving through the, the empathise, define and ideate stages? Um, I don't think there was any greater state, you know, connection. I mean, for me, engagement is all about connection. You know what I mean? Like we t- we talk about students being engaged or disengaged. Well, the reality is that is it's about connection. Are they connected to what they're doing, or are they not connected to what they're doing because it's not interested? Because whatever barrier is there, um, were they connected to what they were doing? Absolutely, because they owned it. And that's for me, that's the beauty of inquiry learning is that the students are at the driving seat 
and that's why I designed thinking marries so well with inquiry learning. In fact, I would say that design thinking on its own, it's not enough. Um, personally, I, it's, you know, you, you need to kind of put the gritty challenge of inquiry learning, the questioning, the critique, the, the sort of problem finding and problem solving as well. You sort of marry them together. Mm. Um, so I think they were just, in the, from the beginning, they were very connected. They were very connected because it was theirs, it was real. Um, they were developing, they were driving the inquiry through what the parents had decided, you know, they wanted to, they thought was really great in a show and they really had a sense of creating for someone else. You know, they made their own costumes, they... They uh, created the dance, which was amazing. <laughs> Teaching six-year-olds to <laughs> choreograph their dance is something that I think everybody should experience in their teaching career once. <laughs> I don't even go on and to. Actually, getting them on stage and you know, without yeah, too too many dramas was amazing. So um, <laughs> yeah, that's living on the edge. Um, so more, so more, more connected, really connected. More connected really... than a unit that wasn't paired with design thinking? Uh, that would be difficult to, yeah. you know, I'd have to do it. You know, I'm, I'm a bit of a scientist. I had to do a control <laughs> study and, and actually give you that one. Um, for me, the design thinking process is just really clear and really the, the beauty is in its simplicity. So that's nice. why I like it. Now, I loved one of the student reflection questions at the end of your unit plan, How and the question was, how did connecting to the feelings and needs of others help me grow as a learner? What sort of responses did you receive from the students? Okay, they, they were really um, surprised about how much what they thought should have gone into a show um, and what ended up what they ended up creating, you know, how different they were. So... So they were really, they were really surprised about that, but they were really proud of themselves because it was their creation, you know, it was their choreography, it was their costumes, you know, they they, they made everything, um, you know, they made little invites and it was um, fantastic. And so they were really um, surprised about how much, how different it was than their original ideas. Um, and also they had never really thought about the fact that when you're creating a show, you have to have the audience in mind uh, because, you know, their developmental age, it's pretty much yeah. me. Um, and, yeah, so that was really their main um, areas of learning. It sounds like uh, they took a lot from it, I think, and the fact that some of those responses that you were telling me, uh, telling me just then, they come across as something a student much older would be thinking so um, I think that's it's it's really powerful and that process just highlights um, how beneficial it is in education and for some of our students yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go off on a, on a massive tangent here and you're doing some work around gamifying professional development and I'm a, yes. I'm, a I'm a massive fan of gamification <laughs> and in fact I think this weekend is it this weekend? Yes, Saturday. Well, it will yes, be last. Saturday. It'll be last weekend by the time this airs. Okay. Um, you you're gathering a few teachers to come and have a look at what you're doing. So, do you want to explain where you're at with this? 
it's a crazy idea that's taken flight and I honestly did not think it would get this far, but we'll see what happens. So last year, well, so gamifying learning, um, you know, again, my lab opened my eyes to the possibilities of um, gamifying learning. And I thought, well, we have now entered an age where teachers are learners too, and we just really can't walk away from that. Um, and so I thought, okay, so if we think that all of these innovative, you know, teaching, I, I, and to be honest, I don't think gamifying is an innovation because we have been gamifying learning since day dot. Uh, games have always been the way that we learn skills from, you know, when we were throwing spears, I'm sure there were kids practicing with sticks and yep. all of that stuff. So I don't think it's an innovation. I think the tools that we're using are more innovative. Um, so in that sense, it's not new. But I also thought, okay, so if teachers are learners and we know that this is a really wonderful way to learn new content, why why don't we apply it to professional development? Um, you know, why, why do we need to, you know, I mean, the times that... People sit at staff meetings with professional development being, you know, sp spoken to in lecture style, which sends half of them to sleep after a long day. Yep. Um, you know, why couldn't we introduce, um, you know, ex um, aspects of um, gamification? So last year I did professional development um, using Kahoot mm -hmm. and flipped learning. So I would send out some content in a short clip and then, you know, at staff meeting would have, you know, the Kahoot quiz and uh, very competitive. So <laughs> people really enjoyed it. It was, it was, you know, 10, 15 minutes of really high quality professional development. So then this year I kind of stepped up a little bit and I saw a possibility, you know, a problem and um, I used design thinking to come up with... Um, something that might or might not work so it's my the prototype is ready and and it's ready to be tested on Saturday yeah nice I think it's um, I'm, I'm really excited because <laughs> professional learning especially on like a Monday afternoon when you've just had the weekend and then you've been walloped by this day and then you've got to go and sit through an hour of professional learning it's difficult especially when it is just the chalk and talk type approach so I, I'm really interested in what in what you've got to show I think we need to start seeing teachers as learners so if we know what works really well for learners like for example the teachers inquiry that we're doing you know for um, professional development great I'm really excited about that because you know I come from inquiry learning school we've been doing it for 10 years with students we know it's really powerful you know the more you kind of develop mm. it and grow into it um, but there are all sorts of other great learning modalities that we can use, um, you know, to make our professional development uh, more quality, uh, more fun. Um, yeah, so why not? No, I think uh, I'm going to, I'm actually going to send you an email at some point because I've got an idea that I think you'd be the perfect person to collaborate on and it is a framework uh, around it's a gamification framework around designing units of work and it's kind of the idea behind it is that educators can take this process or this framework and use it to um, 
install aspects of gamification at different points of the learning process for the students and I think you've got a really good grasp of gamification and that design thinking process which is could be really good used with this um, so I'm definitely going to flick some ideas your way and pick your brains because I think you're really knowledgeable on both of these topics so that sounds up, really fun pal <laughs> sign me up that sounds really fun <laughs> Before we, before we get to the last question, is there anything that I might have missed that you want to mention or is there anything you want to ask me? Um, can't really think much. I'm, quite, I'm, I'm one of these very sort of slow thinkers. I tend to think about things like overnight, tomorrow I'll have a question. So, uh, yeah, I can't really think off the top of my head. Okay, why don't you tell us how uh, any of our listeners can network with you or get in touch with you or see some of the stuff that you're doing Twitter Twitter what's your Twitter <laughs> handle tweet me, tweet me. Uh, it's at uh, educator so that's E-D-K 8-R it was a very late night at MindLab when we had to set up our, our <laughs> Twitter it's actually a task on at the MindLab course that you have to set up a Twitter profile and you have yep. to tweet so that's how the name came up because I really couldn't think of anything else um so yeah, at Educator and um, yeah, tweet if you're interested to connect. Um, come on the Twitter chats. I mean, oh, there's some amazing Twitter chats. The the things I have learned from going on Twitter chats. I've been on, you know, just random ones, and I've, I sort of ones that I do regularly. Um, every Monday night, there is the Digital Ed Cat. Um, which is uh, mainly New Zealand teachers, but also teachers from all over um, the world who chat about um, digital learning. And there's, um, it's um, hosted by Stuart Kelly, who's the DP at Aurora College in Auckland. Uh, it's a fantastic chat, really, really cool. Um, there's the Chat and Z, uh, I think once a month on a Thursday. Um, really worth chatting on and just getting to see what other people are doing. I know that is it. Uh, chat too I think you guys do a chat yep NZHPU yeah yeah um, so yeah that's how you connect awesome finally so last question as we near the end of 2017 what has been your best takeaway so far this year I think without a doubt it's just the incredible wealth of capability and knowledge in New Zealand um that we don't really hear about. Uh, there's lots of amazing things happening in just pockets. Uh, you know, for example, today I had uh, uh, a friend come and visit me and she had just visited someone in a different school and seen how this teacher was teaching um, reading through um, heterogeneous groups so that's different levels like having groups with different reading levels all together in primary school and I was just like I've always wanted to see how, how that could possibly work and she said it was amazing you know this teacher's only been teaching for four years and she's got it down pat and it was incredible and my friend's Nati Lit so coming from her she's a resource teacher for literacy learning so coming from her that was pretty good praise and I was just like wow um, I'm literally awed by the wealth of um, of knowledge and uh, in New Zealand, and yeah, I'm hoping that we can kind of grow connections and share it um, because it benefits our students, which is what we're here for. So, awesome. 
Hey, Himena, I just really want to thank you for taking the time to sit down and, and have a chat. And I think it's really funny that you say you're um, blown away by the amount of wealth, the wealth of knowledge that's out there on Twitter and stuff like that. But in saying that, you're contributing a whole lot towards that and you're obviously um, a really, really knowledgeable person, like so knowledgeable. And But that gets me really excited because I've got a four-year-old at home and she's about to start school and that's a pretty scary Ooh. process for a parent. But knowing that there's educators like yourself who are doing these amazing things, it just gives me a bit of relief that when my daughter steps out into the big bad world that she is going to have people that really care about her and uh, um, have her best interests at heart so that's that's really exciting for me so yeah once again um really do appreciate you stopping by thank you carla super kind and hey i've watched lots of your lectures and <laughs> and listened to some of the podcasts so thank you for creating this amazing um you know way that teachers can connect and learn from each other so thanks for that too cool thank you okay thank you too